Okay, so on this Brian Golf Show, we'll do a Q&A. I know, lazy, but I believe it's going to be beneficial at times. <laughs> I say at times because some of it's just goofy, um, but they are your questions straight from Instagram. So we'll do that from time to time. This will be that first Q&A. Thanks for the questions. Here are the answers. The Brian Golf Show. Four. Presented by Cobra Puma Golf. That was an excellent shot. Yeah, real good form. Well, I used Instagram questions to get some questions that I can answer. And I figure I should have you on here because there's some of these that you could answer as well. Not just for me, but for yourself. Like they kind of both apply and then some of them are very golfy. Yeah, I'm going to sit back and try not to talk too much. But when it applies, <laughs> I'll, I'll speak up. Question number one. This one's really cool because I, I actually feel like everyone thinks that we do nothing but play golf. So Andy Nelson, PGA on Instagram said, how often do you play? And the answer is probably, truthfully, what, maybe like once a week? Yeah, I mean, some weeks are better than others, and we play two. Now, I think people get confused because when you weren't working, we were playing all the time. But it's been a good almost year since yeah. we were playing like consistently. Some weeks are better than others. We'll go out kind of late for like a quick couple of holes. Um, but to actually like, go and spend the afternoon or the day at the golf course, I'd say once a week consistently. Right. Well, and when before Gavin went back to school, I would go after work and just play like six, seven, eight holes, whatever I can get. If I can get nine, I'd get nine in. I would just, you know, comb around the golf course but now that he's back it's kind of impossible yeah and we do live literally across the street from the golf course yeah. so to hop out there for a couple holes and then to come back home it's super convenient so yeah, yeah it might look like we're always at the golf course we are there a good bit but I, I, I also go to the golf course and, and don't play golf you know like I'll, I, uh, I help out Fleming Island Golf Club with some of their content their pictures and, and videos and things like that so I will actually go over there and uh, you know pop out the drone and all that uh, have some fun over there even when I'm not playing golf. Uh, how do you recommend improving your mental golf game? This is from Kevo Golf. Our friend Kevin O'Brien uh, plays in some of our events, so we've really been able to get to know him. Improving your mental golf game? God, that is tough. Like, that's the age-old question, right? I don't, like, have any tricks. I'm not going to lie. I, like, I think I have a little bit of anxiety. Like, no matter what, I always care about what happens on the first tee. I always, I always care about what happens in the results. And I think for for me, it's been about not caring in the end. Like, if I play good, I play good. But don't be scared to play bad, you know? And so a lot of times, like, Mel, I think for you, it's very tough at first understanding golf and how tournament golf works. Like, you don't always play good. And I'll come home and be like, you know what? I, I didn't hit the ball bad, but um, I, I honestly didn't score well. I think for me too, you know, you do have a lot of friends that are professional golfers. And so for me, when I was first getting into it, I expected everybody's supposed to play like phenomenal all the time because that's what I was always around. And for a while you would go, uh, honey, it, it doesn't work that way. Like Fucking not everybody, <laughs> you know, I'll go and I'll see somebody screw up and I'm like, Oh my God. It's normal. Yeah. And I don't, I don't see that, you know, for the, for the Immer thing that you did, you know, you're like, God, I'm just not playing well. And I'm like, go out and just play play golf like you would any other day like don't put the pressure on you just go have fun because when you have fun you you play better and I know that's easier said than done the but truth. nobody really has anything riding on that round of golf <laughs> no, so go we, and have fun everybody cares too much especially you know in our world like when you put it out there and whatnot 
everybody expects because you know they've seen me put up a good number here and there or they've seen me hit good golf shots that i'm like some fantastic golfer and that i'm supposed to like you know i've never claimed to be a professional or anything like that but i i have played very good golf um i'll also share when i play very poor golf because simply put i don't care what anyone thinks uh, i like this one uh, actually, this is kind of the question that I thought I would get or we would get when I put this out there, which is, how did you get started as a social media influencer? This is from uh, Barrett181. So I would like to say, as a radio personality, a former radio personality, I believe if you just go back in history, radio personalities were kind of the first influencer. And if you really want to go now, you got TV and then you had like, you know, obviously celebrities, they have tons of influence in a sense. But then in this this new age of social media where there's this phrase of influencer, someone who has influence, I think what people don't understand is there's a lot of work that comes with it. You know, like we've got a lot of peers that I would say are extreme influencers in a sense, like this is their job. Um, it's a lot of work, but I just think that deep down, um, I was doing commercials and getting paid money to endorse products and brands 10 years ago. Right. You know, well before I was doing it for golf. It's much easier for me to do it for golf because if you think about it, you can kind of, you, you kind of have I've already seen that playbook because your favorite players on tour, on the PGA Tour, they're all, you know, endorsing these products. So we know how to do it. And, uh, you know, so I just kind of seamlessly came into the golf side of things. Another one, this one's a fitting one. This will be quick from TaylorMade78. Is Ventus replacing the Atmos shaft? Uh, Mel, do you know anything about Ventus or Atmos? Uh, no. No. All I right. mean, obviously, I've heard of them, but I don't know enough to. They're, uh, they're, all right. So they're Fujikura shafts, a great brand, great company, and awesome people to work with. Ventus is not replacing Atmos, actually, just completely different line of shafts, just supplementing their already pretty amazing line of shafts for custom fitting. Definitely try Ventus. I know uh, Ventus Red, higher launching, um, is coming out, and Ventus Black, which I believe DJ Dustin Johnson has in his driver, which is crazy because he's been a speeder guy for so long. He uh, has the Ventus Black, and then the, the Ventus Blue has been the one that's out, and a lot of success in the Bay. I will say this. It truly, I do believe it is a very forgiving shaft. Okay, uh, done with that one, Mel. Uh, <laughs> Ryan M. Palick, what makes you grind day after day? That one's easy. Uh, Got to pay the bills, right? Um, you know, as far as like uh, going to work, doing the nine to five, like that's that's the bill payer. And then I think, Mel, I'm going to kind of throw it to you on this, the grind on what we do on the side, kind of the side hustle and all of that. I think we just enjoy it. I think it's fun. Yeah, I was going to say when you're as passionate about something as we are, it makes it easy. Like, yes, we grind, but I'm, this is where my heart's at other than, you know, taking care of our child and keeping up with the house. Like this is what keeps me going. I look forward to like getting up every morning and, and doing this. So it's, it's very easy. I like that. So, um, most influential lesson you've learned through golf. That's from my favorite Instagram name, period. Aaron 66. Cause I just think that's hilarious. Um, most influential lesson you've learned through golf perspective that's just it that's the word like and it goes back to when we were talking about with kevin's question of uh, being mental mentally tough or how do you improve your mental state for golf um perspective knowing that like i don't do this for a living i don't golf like if the ball goes in the hole and the least amount of strokes great but if it doesn't then 
you know, that's, that's it. And, and I think golf has been great. So, you know, growing up, I worked at the golf course, I was 12, 13, 14 years old and being around older people taught me a lot, you know, and that was actually a really big lesson kind of puts you in front of a, an older crowd. So you, you learn a couple things that you uh, can benefit from, and then you learn some things that you probably won't benefit from. Um, from being young, 325, how would you address slow play on the PGA or amateur level? I honestly am not into this slow play conversation like most people are. Uh, Mel, when you're out of like the players or the Honda, uh, do you ever notice, do you ever feel like, man, this is taking forever? Like do, when you're there, do you notice it? I don't pay attention to that. <laughs> right. I, I mean, that's just not what I'm there for. It would take a lot for me to be like, Oh my God, these guys are playing so slow. Like I just, no. no. Um, From that's got to go. How should someone choose grips and wraps underneath? How did you decide for yourself? So um, yeah, there's a way you can kind of go off the size of your hand. There's a way you can go off like, you know, oh, you're an extra large glove. Well, maybe you need a, you know, a midsize grip or something along those lines. One, the most important thing for me is comfort. So whatever makes you comfortable for me, here, and this is what's funny, I, I mean, I have like a medium-large glove. Sometimes I'll wear a medium-large, sometimes I'll wear a large, and I play a mid-size grip no matter what. Um, I just can't go back down to a standard. I used to build up a standard, and what build up means is extra wraps of tape underneath. So you'd make like a standard grip bigger by putting more tape on it. You know, Mel, she doesn't have big hands by any means, but you actually prefer a mid-size grip. I do. You know, so like we have the exact same grip size for the most part. I build mine up a touch and, and your hand's smaller than mine. I so think sometimes it's just preference. Com- uh, comfort, honestly, right? Yeah. But there, there's ways, you know, like when somebody grips it, like in the, in the fitting bay, I will have somebody grip the club and then they'll take the right hand off and then I'll look at their left hand. And if there's a bunch of space between your fingers and your palm, that grip's probably too big. Or if you're digging into your palm with your fingers, then it might be a little too small. So, you know, a lot of times it, it comes through conversation with uh, players and what they are looking for. Real quick, I was going to say for me personally, and uh, again, I don't know enough to really know, but for me, I notice if my grip is too small, I feel like I'm gripping it even tighter mm-hmm. for whatever reason. So I, I like to build. That's actually, yeah, that's kind of the theory behind it all. Okay. You can play around a golf with anyone living or dead. What's your dream foursome? This is from T Yates, 3434. Hope you're doing well, man. I know uh, those sticks that you got from us are doing really well. So uh, hopefully you're playing some good golf. Dream foursome. I'm going to give you two. One that would be like uh, living or dead, you know, in their prime. It's just going to be Tiger, Jack, and Arnold assuming Mel's not going to play with us. And then if we're doing like a today, let's just get four people together. I want to play with Tiger, Ricky Fowler, and Jake Owen. Country, country So music you singer. mean to say you're playing with all these people and you're just assuming I'm going to sit in the cart? You're not going to play, period. You're going to sit and drink. Oh, oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I'll still be able to be a part of it. Yes. Sorry. I no, was you're just, just not yeah. going to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And where do, you, where do you think we would play? Like what golf course... Is my favorite golf course. Where would I play? You know what? I know this is going to sound crazy, but I feel like you maybe would take them to. We would we would go play TPC Sawgrass. I, oh, if I'm gonna, come on! If I'm going to play my favorite no. with my favorite people, I'm going to play my favorite course. I feel like you would take them to something a little more like off the beaten path. Bullshit. Like a little more special. TPC is so like, oh my god! Of course, everybody's going to play TPC. All right, that's fine. dumb answer. I don't like it. Um, all right, I won't go there. Okay, so. For from Corey M. Schneider, 
got fit for T300s. These are new Titleist irons. Going to place order soon. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are the entire new Titleist line's pretty sick. All right. Uh, I got a full bag of Cobra, but new Titleist are money in the fitting bay already. They look good. I think they did a good job with them. Those T300s. Uh, if you want the ball to go high, definitely look at the T300s. How often is it worth paying for an updated fitting to possible because of possible swing changes? This is from Joel Woodruff. Um, I think the answer is it takes some pretty drastic swing changes sometimes to have to go through a completely new fitting, you know, but I think everybody, you know, depending on how often you want to get new clubs, you know, you obviously should be get, getting fit every time. So, if, you know, you're getting fit for clubs every two years, every three years, whatever it may be. Just make sure that you are getting fit. Don't just like send in your new your old specs and, and get them done like that. But you know, think about it like I think of it like this. Tiger Woods has played the same shaft in his irons like his entire life. And how many times has that dude changed his swing? I mean, he's changed his swing a lot, and he's still in the same shaft. So it might not be as crazy as you may think. Um, what are your distances for each club? I honestly, I I don't know. I hit my driver about 300, and you know, total, I hit my fairway wood like my three wood. I got a F8 plus three wood that I hit like 265. And then my irons, they go pitching wedges 145 all the way up to four iron is like 220. And then I got like a three iron that I'll hit 230, 240. Uh, how long do you test new equipment before you game it? First and foremost, you do not put anything in your bag that you do not fully love. Um, you do test a good bit, but I mean, I would say you test things for a couple of weeks before you put them in the bag, realistically. Like legit testing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And not just like here and there, like you'll go full in and give it your all and, and test it. And you might test it up against something else. But um, before you truly commit or even share on Instagram, um, I will say that that's something that sometimes I get ahead of the game and I'm like, oh, my God, just hurry up and talk about it. And, and uh, you, yeah. that is something that you hold true to. Yeah, so for, for me, um, you can go, so the Cobra F9 Speedback Driver replaced my F8 Plus, which was my favorite driver ever, uh, pretty quickly. And can we just clarify that you were with Cobra a long time yeah. before, I, I mean, there's so many people that jump from brand to brand in this space, and... I think it's, I think it says a lot when, I mean, my God, you were with Cobra Puma for what, a year before actually like signing on with them? Yeah. So I did, um, how it basically worked. So, you know, I'm just getting clubs on my own, right? Like I got a, I got a free set of clubs. Like I won a contest like three or four years ago for some tailor-made irons. And I love those irons. But at that time I had a Cobra LTD driver, LTD pro. And then I went to the F7 Plus and then the F8. And when the F8 line came out is when I started working with Cobra a little bit. I, I started fitting golf clubs, fit myself into all the Cobra's clubs. And uh, I mean, I, I still have the F8 Plus 3-wood that I've used ever since that. So, um, well, and, and it's still, I mean, it's literally still in the bag. So to the point of testing, I tried the F9 Fairway Woods and I love them, but they didn't do anything too different than what I currently had as far as for, for me. Like I, a three wood is a weird club. Like you, it needs to go a certain distance and it needs to do a certain thing and you got to trust it. So I, I like, I'll wear my F8 plus 
you know, well, and you didn't go in saying I'm going to fit myself for Cobra, correct? Like you fit yourself and that's just what you fit into. It's actually, or am I wrong? You don't know. You're pretty right. That's actually really funny. So I've always had a preference of like, I really like the forged, the forged MBs because they were just, I don't know. They just had a really small look to them and I really liked that and they felt good. They're like butter soft. So I liked those before I did anything. But you were playing, you went from TaylorMade to Mirror us correct and then to cobra no oh god no no so because of the situation i was in at the you know when i was doing social media for loft golf we had you know an agreement so i started out had muras then i ended up going to pxg when those came out um i was like hitting the ball all over the map so those just didn't fit me very well so i'd hit like a seven iron like 210 one time and then i'd hit like 180 and it needs to go like 180 or 185 or whatever so you know i got, I got rid of those and that's when i went to the taylor maids and in that time i had um taylor made driver and then came into the king ltd pro just because it fit me best. And yeah, then I went through, I've been Cobra ever since. And I, I just took, like, I, we've been slow at work lately. I took myself through fittings and my current setup beats everything. So it, when, when I tell you I love what I play, I, I truly love what I play and it fits, which is extremely important. Um, but no, I'm, I'm very loyal and I feel like, I feel like you gotta play something that you like and love. You gotta like the way it looks, feels, performs. It's got to check all boxes. It's got to fit. So I've done that. The only thing that I've been kind of a whore about is grips. Um, I've just been up and down with grips. You know, I've had grips sliding on me and I've had grips not fit my hand properly and uh, different grips have different weights. That's the one thing that I have really not stayed true to. Um, and I switch out wedges a lot just because, but they're all Cobra wedges and they're all pretty similar. Okay. So what age did you start playing golf? We only have a couple more uh, from Sam Richmond, 87. I think I was about 12. I played baseball, loved baseball, quit baseball to go uh, do basketball, got really excited about basketball, uh, which makes sense being a, you know, a Hoosier, got that Indiana blood, that's, that's where baseball is, or basketball was kind of born. Um, and then golf, and I've always been kind of a one-sport person, I just kind of feel like I've always put my all into whatever one sport I was doing, so golf ended up kind of winning out. And, you know, I, I had a stint where I was like 18 to 22 and I didn't play much golf at all or, or period. Uh, I played a lot of league basketball and I broke my ankle like three additional times. And I said, all right, maybe I should kind of stop playing basketball. So I'm not comparing myself to these athletes like Andrew Luck, but I get it, man. Shit hurts. Um, will super speed help if my club head speed is already 130 miles an hour? Bushy underscore 10. That is, that is a very good question because the answer is uh, obviously yes, it'll help unless you're already doing that exact same training, which I'm assuming you're not if you're asking about super speed. So if you don't know about super speed, definitely something that's benefited me. I did a test. This was two years ago. Halloween to New Year's, I gained five miles an hour on my club head speed, my average. So with that being said, you know I've seen it work. I don't work with it as much as I should, but I do utilize it enough to where I, I feel like it benefits me t bracknell underscore six ever hit the ts3 if so did you like it titleist ts3 uh i did i like the ts4 like if i was to play a titleist driver it would be a ts4 it's just a, a cooler looking profile um looks a little bit more in shape to what i currently play um have you ever played from g-man 1504 have you ever played bear slide golf course in indiana 
no, I've always wanted to. I heard this course is sick, and I've also always wanted to play in that because I always wanted to play in the Indiana Amateur. I just, and that's where the qualifier is, and I never got the chance. And now that I live in Florida, I think you still have to be an Indiana resident to play. Sadly, I would love to go home and play. Like I played in the Florida Amateur. I didn't. I never got a chance to qualify, even attempt to qualify for the Indiana Am. But at least I've done this one. D. Rodriguez, ninety-two. Are the Ping Tour wood shafts good? So what he's referring to, Mel, is like the stock shaft that comes in a Ping driver or Ping, you know, fairway wood or whatever. Uh, if it fits you, I, I know that's like the boring answer, but if it fits you, then it's pretty awesome. If it doesn't fit you, and I just think that a lot of times with those stock options, it's really, really hard for it to just, oh my God, like a unicorn, the stock shaft fit me best. That's very, very rare and doesn't happen very often, which is why, you know, companies are out there with tons of options for you to get into some aftermarket gear. Maybe it's going to cost a little bit, little bit more, but the performance uh, is, is worth the money to, uh, to most. Uh, does the hanger actually work? From uh, Paquet 4. I actually, uh, Nick, I think his name's Nick Paquet. We just call him Paquet. He said, does the hanger actually work? And he's saying this as a joke because people always DM me, does the hanger actually work? And Mel, you know how much this frustrates me. Why would I talk about it, period? And really, I put my name way behind this thing. Why would I do that if it didn't actually work? I would say your two biggest annoyances with questions is <laughs> yeah, here we go. is does the hanger work the icing on the cake is always can i ask you a question so it's out there now it's out there please do not ever dm me don't feel like you have to ask me to ask a question to ask a question just ask the question i'll answer it i had um you know somebody earlier was like why do you have all the answers i'm like i don't i just like take the time to answer your question but yes the hanger works wonders we sell them at any time you can buy them off of us so just dm us uh we got a pretty good low price on it can't mention it because it's that low i don't think i have any more questions melissa do you have any questions or anything you would like to add to this podcast today um no i don't think so no okay the brian golf show presented by cobra puma golf now that you're brian golf show family here's where i need your help we'll do it after every pod shoot me a dm or tweet me what you learned on the show today after listening and i'll throw you in an exclusive contest for some random cobra puma golf gear never know what it could be one month could be a driver one month could be some hats one month could be this that but for every 50 entries we get we'll pick a winner to keep it exclusive thank you so much for your support now you could tell your friends about the brian golf show thanks